Hi guys, this is David Negrin, host of the Script Podcast and executive director of the NYC Screenwriters Collective. I'm excited to announce that we've created a Patreon campaign for the script. Patreon is like a Kickstarter, but it allows you to give ongoing pledges every month and receive ongoing rewards. Of course, the Script Podcast will continue to be free, but we're just asking for a little help. So please, check out all our rewards, join our inner circle. Become a patron of The Script Podcast at patreon.com slash the script. Logan, what did you do? Charles, the world is not the same as it was. Beneath the stage. She's like you. She needs our help. Logan, you still have time. And this is The Script. The podcast for screenwriters, by screenwriters. The deepest story analysis anywhere on the internet. The script believes that story moves pages, story moves product, and story moves people. I'm David Negrin. I'm here with Alec Pollock. Alec, thanks. Hello. Thank you, David. We're back. A little hiatus. (laughs) Um, But we're doing Logan. Finally. Yeah, I mean, it's... um, it's been a it's been a while since a Wolverine movie was worth podcasting, <laughs> right? Um, but I think this uh, very much was. I am. We just came from the movie. We're at Alamo Draft House in Brooklyn. Uh, I'm uh, I'm really impressed. Really, really impressed. What a movie! Yeah, really, especially again thinking about it as a modern superhero quote unquote movie. Uh, we were instantly talking about genre as we were leaving the theater. That's right. And uh, it's just, uh, this is a film that is definitely rife uh, for genre conversations. First thing I wanted yeah. to know was more about the director. I mean, James Mangold, who, whatever executive greenlit him as the director for this was, you know, a credit goes to him or her. Uh, Mangold did Walk the Line, right? Mangold did Girl Interrupted. Uh, I mean, he he's he's known. He did the Three Ten to Yuma remake. He's known for these uh, character-driven uh, genre pieces, you know. Uh, but but always executing so well. And I gotta say, I can't remember the last time I went to a superhero movie and the dialogue was almost flawless it, it there was no fat on it it was all the, the subtext was there there was it was not expository it was just good writing there were a number of moments within the film where it was you know slow moments of dialogue of character talking about the ideas that they were wrestling with and you didn't feel like these were just beats between the action scenes. They were, were the scene. Right. Like, they weren't the, the like, okay, yes. well, we're just going to take a break for now. It's like, no, no, Something no. you don't see in tentpole action movies anymore, right? Which is taking time to for the, uh, uh, the emotional um, conflict, right? Not just external conflict, not just, like, you know, aliens and throwing things and killing people and shooting stuff and using your powers. The emotional conflict. You know, this is... This is the stuff of independent film, you know? Um, this is like the indie uh, Marvel movie, you know? Yeah, definitely. So, definitely. Well, and then again, I think it is uh, uh, Marvel, you know, quote-unquote, even though it's not being put out by Disney, it's not yeah. being put out by, you know, in the world of the Marvel-verse, 
the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but it does stem from the Marvel uh, core material, and uh, I think Fox is trying to figure out what to do with their properties, and they, they had such a great runaway hit with the R-rated, uh, 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 well, uh, Deadpool. Yes. Um, and I, you know that gave them the permission to go R with Wolverine. And Deadpool succeeded largely on the writing as well. Yeah. I mean that's it's a it's a character dialogue driven uh, uh, action comedy. Yeah. Um, Even because, the trailer that we saw for Deadpool two before Logan was more entertaining than ninety percent of the It's the it's the Superman uh, phone booth trailer. <laughs> Why is there a phone booth? I thought they went out in ninety eight. <laughs> yeah, I, I love that they're just having so much fun with all of this. Um, a quick nod to the screenwriter. There's a couple story by credits, but the other screenwriter besides Mangold on this is Scott Frank, the writer of Minority Report, the Steven Spielberg version. Um, and notably, uh, oh, the tw- 2013 The Wolverine. He wrote that as well, or he, was one of the writers? He was on it, yes. He was on it. Interesting. So, you and I have had conversations about Yes, so, um, uh, oh, The Interpreter, uh, uh, the uh, a political thriller yeah. with, with uh, Nicole Kidman and yeah, Sean yeah, yeah. Penn. Yeah. He wrote, he was, wrote, wrote on that. He wrote on uh, Out of Sight in 1998. Interesting. Very interesting. That was Soderbergh, right? Uh, yes, yeah, yeah. Ah, so... Good. Uh, so he's had quite a, a, a screenwriting career, and uh, you know, I you know I think redeemed for the Wolverine with Logan. <laughs> Fascinating. Yeah. I, again, I think the Wolverine. I think had a lot of uh, cooks in the kitchen. It yeah. just felt like um, we uh, we have had conversations again. Just backstory here. Yeah. That, that I'm I'm I, I've been a comic book guy for. You know, ages, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, first started reading Wolverine comic books, X Men comic books in 1979, and you know, so it, it's that Wolverine from the 70s and the 80s that that you know is near and dear to my heart um, as a character. I mean, I, was, I remember you know pulling apart uh, 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 my a little uh, gardening fence that my mother had, and, and creating like claws, like with some like uh, oh, tremendous like rubber tubing. My brother and I would like like. You know, play X Men. Play, play oh, Wolverine. Yeah, totally, totally, totally. You know, until you told me uh, before this, I didn't realize um, how old a character Wolverine was. You said his first appearance was when? 1974. In a, wow. In an a, uh, Incredible Hulk comic book. Yes. Not even in an X Men. As an antagonist. Book. As an antagonist. I, I don't know, he wasn't a villain, but he was, right. you know, a force of antagonism within the story. Yeah. And then a year later in 1975, when the X Men got there. This is before uh, I'm down. born. You know, yeah. like, I know a lot of the listeners and a lot of uh, people going to see the X Men movies, you know, the comic books were before you were born, but yeah. you and I are a little older, yeah. and this stuff goes yeah. back. Yeah, totally. And, and, and again, but what you have is the filmmakers now all grew up with this. The filmmakers are our yeah. generation, and that's who it's being put in the hands of, and the executives. And I mean, we used to dream about dream casting of the X Men when we were kids. Yeah. And uh, you know, as soon as Patrick Stewart, you know, came on the scene, he was part of the dream casting, of course. Yeah. Um, never would we have figured someone so tall to be Wolverine, but you know, whatever. Right. Right. <laughs> right. Supposed to be five foot two or something like that. Yeah. I mean, when Hugh Jackman, I think originally was. When when first announced, I think 
people were like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then he did, they showed, I remember, I think they, they did a picture of him with the with the beer. Yeah. And people were sold. Yeah. Remember, that was what, 17 years ago? Yeah, oh, it was the year 2000. Yeah. That's when yeah. the first X-Men movie. Yeah. So, and, and that's, I think, which is great to, to see this movie now. Um, Logan treating the the X-Men and the Wolverine f- uh, uh, film oeuvre with respect by ending it with, you know, or at least Hugh Jackman's uh, te- tenure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Spoilers. Um, with, um, with, with going out on such a great note. Yeah, yeah. But again... You know, 17 years ago, you would never have been able to make a movie like this. You know, it's, it's, the public has become so much more accepting and habituated and understanding about what the potential for these comic book characters are and what a superhero story can be beyond well, so, an So, yeah, story. you and I were walking out of the theater and said this right away. We're saying they, they, they haven't made uh, superhero movies like this yet. Right, uh, they the superhero movies. We were talking. We we talk about them on this podcast so many times as their own genre, which is you know uh, about origin stories and uh, uh, intergalactic or some kind of existential threat to the earth. And um, but even even when we're talking about genre and the superhero genre, even mm-hmm. if you look to Blake Snyder, yeah, like his super, it's one of his genres. One of his fifteen genres sure. is. The superhero story, but it's mm-hmm. not, it's not, it's not superhero comic book stories, it's the superhero origin story. That's specifically what that yeah. genre is. Yes. And because film uh, takes so long to make and they're expensive, the superhero movies today, they, they have not strayed, they have not gone into uh, new narratives yet. And, and I think maybe Fox, because they've had such bad luck with their superhero movies, decided to start taking some chances. Uh, first with Deadpool, and now certainly taking a chance with Logan because this is a different narrative. What I mean, tell me what you thought. I, I mean, again, it is a different narrative, but at the same time, it's also an origin story for X twenty three. It's for this next generation. Okay. Um, of I mean, characters. Yes, yes, but I think it. I think this was far more a cap on Wolverine's story sure. than it was. Sure. Uh, 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 it was it was certainly not a Marvel cinema, uh, Marvel um, Studios uh, kickoff for the next generation. No, no, no. It no. didn't do yeah, that. It was a cap. It went out. It went out on top. You got to give a director credit for that. Yeah, going out at a very poignant uh, emotional moment and not saying, "All right, now we're gonna make uh, stars." There are all these little kids. Yeah. Yeah, 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 and yeah. It's not like it's not like uh, he died halfway through the movie, right? You know, and then let them carry it on, right? To the rest of it, um, and it wasn't <coughs> like the third act was this. I kept thinking, oh, okay, third act. I see Wolverine is going to get his new uh, X Men uh, uh, team. It's going to be all these young kids, and they're going to kick ass with their superpowers. But they they didn't. They used them. But they weren't particular. They were still young kids, and they had their powers, and they helped him. But still, between Wolverine and and uh, Weapon X, uh, uh, Laura, she, Laura, yeah. she, she, um, they, 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 this story was about them. Yeah, yeah It wasn't about kicking off again like <coughs> another X Men uh, school. No, uh, you know, there, there is going to be a New Mutants um, movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's on the slate. 
but and, and I was like, is that where they're going? Is that what what these kids are going to be? But it isn't. And, and no, they didn't. They didn't characters. use this as a launching point, which is makes the film that much more so uh, a, a, a success uh, unto itself. Um, and again, we're looking at this as an adaptation, right? Well, it is an adaptation it is an of uh, of Old Man Logan, which is a, a series of Wolverine comic books um, put together into a graphic novel from how many years ago? What do you think? It was not that long not ago. Not that long ago. Not that long ago. Yeah, within the last five years, I'd say. Yeah. And uh, we both read those. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, when you're when you're a director or a writer and you're faced with a project like that, saying, "All right, we, we want to make another Wolverine movie with an older Logan," and this you have this this piece that's become such canon, so such a classic story now of old yeah. man Logan, yeah, and you say, "Well, that's that's what what the fans and the, the populace knows, you know, where Logan goes in the future." But then you look at it, and the source material is so steeped in the Marvel universe with yes. all of the Marvel characters. You know, you can't do anything like it. So how do you still encapsulate that feeling and stay true to Fox's X Men universe? It's a really interesting. So old, old Man Logan um, did was a, a tour through a bunch of different X Men properties in a post apocalyptic. Uh, uh, future United States where all the mutants are either dead uh, were rounded up and killed and um, or are living on a farm in the middle of nowhere it's a world where the bad guys have won the bad yeah. guys have won and carved up the United States right the US is carved into uh, uh, territories territories one's owned by the Hulks mm-hmm. right um, one is Doctor Doom. One, one is, is the, the Dooms, and then one is sort of free, right? Um, and Wolverine has given up violence at the beginning of it, and not until about three quarters of the way through does he give up. Spoilers. It, yeah, spoilers. <laughs> this is this is the podcast. We talk about stuff. Yeah. Um, but, and, and 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 does he start to actually use his claws again? Um, also, his companion is Hawkeye, mm-hmm. not um, Professor X, which mm-hmm. is uh, what you get in Logan the movie. Um, and they're on a, a mission that's sort of important. They're looking for Hawkeye's... Uh, daughter. Daughter, yeah. right? Um, so, great adaptation choice to, to use old man Logan. Um, Wolverine is now... His, his abilities are not what they were. So he's, there's more jeopardy, you know, he's yeah. not invincible. Yeah, I love this idea of like, his healing factor is failing, and so the adamantium in his system is poisoning him. Amazing. Totally makes it, sense, and, make it work. But Alec, they don't, they don't resolve that until like three quarters through the movie. That's great storytelling. They don't normally do that in, mar- in, in superhero movies. They tell you right away. They say he's poisoned. It must be that the adamantium that yeah. you know, and and you know you can tell uh, Wolverine is sick through throughout Logan, and you're like, what's this about? And uh, you know his healing factor's not working, which makes sense with him being older. But then slow later on, it finally in a heart to heart with his uh, daughter Laura, mm. uh, X twenty three, he say uh, he, he he reveals uh, you know it's the same stuff. 
killing that, me. That's killing me, yeah. One thing about also um, the, that source material in terms of Old Man Logan, I thought that one of the key really engaging parts about that story was Logan's motivation for why he gave up violence. Like, I thought that, yes. like, that was a moment when I was reading it and I was like, ah, oh. like it was devastating when you find out that the reason he gave up violence is because he was tricked by the supervillains in, in that story into killing all the other X-Men. Right. And so he was responsible. He, there for was that. some kind of hallucinatory power yeah. that they gained over him uh, in the Old Man Logan comic book, and he ended up be, you know, killing all the most of the X-Men himself. Yeah. But also, you know, it goes along with him being haunted by all the murders totally. he'd done over the years. Totally. Um, so they and they, they changed that and they yeah movie. for the film he he takes out his claws in the first five seconds and I'm like oh they I guess they're not going that way <laughs> well but they changed that whole backstory they, they, again right in this story the big reveal again big spoiler the big reveal is that it was Xavier who actually killed all of the X Men not Logan and Logan has been his caretaker which is a weird choice don't you think yeah I, again especially since part of the the core. Your dramatic theme of this movie was dealing with the violence that you do. How do you deal with it? How do you, how do you live with it? How do you live with the violence? That right. You, he had to deal with it, and he had to pass this on to the next generation, to X twenty three, and so removing that aspect of the story, which was just an amazing part of Old Man Logan. Why do you think they did that? I just think somebody said you can't have. An hour and a half of a Wolverine movie without his claws, without him being violent, yeah, yeah, and I, and to be honest, they did a great job of giving the fighting to other people, yeah, because Xavier does some kicking ass, and X twenty three does a lot of kicking ass, yeah. um, definitely, and so you do get a sense, and this is really hard when you've got a superhero character of Jeopardy that 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 he is. Uh, not invincible. He's not uh, omnipotent. Uh, he's tired. He's hurt, and um, so great, great managing of that. Yeah. So so, but yeah, I like the idea that he was a pacifist in the comic book, and that he couldn't bring himself um, to uh, to use the claws again. But I do remember from the graphic novel, Hawkeye ends up doing a lot of the work. Oh yeah. And and yeah. and for a while, Wolverine's just like, or Logan's just a pain in the ass. Yeah, he's just like along for the ride, and I'm driving. So that's not particularly interesting. Um, <laughs> they're driving in the spider buggy. They are driving in the spider buggy, <laughs> which spider. comes in later because they start scaling <laughs> wall uh, 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 skyscrapers in it. <laughs> yeah, I knew that wasn't going to show up. That movie. didn't show up. Um, what else didn't show up? Uh, Oh, Ultron as a <laughs> as a house, um, uh, like like a, basically like a like a husband of someone. He was Peter Parker's daughter's husband or something. Yeah, he was like this nice guy with a nice Hawaiian guy. shirt. It was... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and Hawkeye himself being replaced by uh, uh, by Professor Xavier, yeah. which was a great choice. Yeah, yeah, great choice. What was what was interesting and what was exciting about the whole thing is I didn't know where it was going to go. I didn't know what they were going to do with mm-hmm. it because they knew that it, they were drawing yeah. from different source material. Right. And, 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 and uh, 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 X-23 is not in Old Man Logan. No, but no. she is a character and she is a story arc. In the comic books right now, 
the original Wolverine is dead and has actually been replaced by by Laura as she's the Wolverine now. She has to is, is her origins the same uh, in um, was she a genetic yes um, genetic clone clone yep. of Wolverine yep because for a while I was like in the casting of this little girl this actor is very very uh, great performance um, she looks a little like uh, like Famke Jansen I thought that and too and I was thinking I was maybe they were gonna do like a uh, a a uh, Something where, where, you know, maybe uh, Phoenix came back and yeah. they did it, or I don't know, flashback to... Uh, um, I know, in this universe, you never know where they're going to go with that. Sure, kept bringing it yeah. Um, but yeah, that, her story is, is, is pretty true to, in terms of where she came from, how she was kind of grown in a lab to be a killing machine. Yeah, so um, they're, the bad guys in Logan are scientists and army people. Mm-hmm. With mechanical, biomechanical bio-mecha- suits to help them be stronger. Which Donald mm-hmm. Pierce is a character in the, the comic books. He was part of the Hellfire Club, which if you remember from X-Men First Class, yeah. that was where uh, Kevin Bacon's character had the Hellfire Club. Uh, Donald Pierce was a member of that gang. And he's the son of uh, the guy who did the claws, the adamantium experiments no, 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 that's in the, the first place. Right, that's the uh, that's the scientist. I'm saying oh, the guy with the cyborg hand. Oh, the cyborg hand guy. Yeah. Oh, he's Hellfire. Got it. Yeah. So in the comics, so it was great to see him and the Reavers, which are comic books, which Wolverine had a history of them. There's very famous scenes of him kind of taking out kind of armies of them. So it was it was cool. The Reavers are from where? They're they're they kind of worked for Pierce and the Hellfire Club in okay. the comics. Um, whose goal was what they worked from the government or they were their own thing <coughs> they were their own thing they were, they were mutants also um, okay. in the comics Pierce isn't just a cyborg he has like the ability to invent and you know mach- uh, uh, control machines or something like that's that that's interesting so, yeah uh, uh, again it was, it was but they it, took pieces from the comics and made it work for this story you know but it that would have overcomplicated things the, Logan is a very straightforward simple film and I think this was not. I I was remember watching this and thinking, oh my god, this is so well done because they took uh, uh, a a road movie, almost a western, completely, um, yeah. And they added some superhero elements instead of taking superheroes and doing a western. They started with basically just the western, and there's an homage to Shane in it, right? And um, so they simplify, so simplified. I can imagine uh, Mangold getting st- all these notes from geeks around to add this power and add this character, and he just kept it very simple. Yeah, yeah. very simple. Yeah. And, and and you know, the the simpler you can keep something like that, the better, and the tighter that you can keep it. I feel like he was probably encouraged even to make that ending more epic than he had originally I, so beautifully it. done yeah but I'm saying I can imagine he would have even kept it even simpler than it ended up being I think just studio wise they probably right they're like oh we need a big fight in the more third act more, yeah yeah but um, he, he could have gotten away with a much simpler quieter western type uh, uh, confrontation in the end um, but it worked I think the movie worked on a lot of levels. It surprised the heck out of me. It really did. Um, what, what do you What do you want to talk about? I mean, let's. I mean, anything about uh, the structure of it all? Like the that 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 
It's, so yeah, it's a good road movie. Mm-hmm. It, it actually they spent a lot of time breaking into the second act. I think they. I I didn't look at my watch, but I think they because sp- this is almost a three hour movie. Yeah. So before they actually took off from yeah the like journey the itself doesn't really begin for about 30, 35 minutes yeah which is great because we get so much setup of Laura of um, the the character stuff between uh, Professor X and Logan heartbreaking but you realize that only you know so Logan's taking care of this old man who's a disaster. And who's and and you know Logan? He's not the kind of guy who takes care of people and wants to you know go the extra mile for him, especially when there's nobody else around. X is almost dead. Logan's sick, right? And what what is he doing? And what's this thing? They're gonna get a boat and go into the ocean. You're like, this doesn't make any sense, but it pays off. Later, you find out that Professor X, because he and and has a. Uh, a, 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 a neurological degenerative disease, and he has the most powerful brain in the in the in the world. So a boat that's makes, that's a problem. Yeah. So a boat makes sense where they go out where there's not gonna he's not go, gonna do any damage. Yes, Logan says you and me we're gonna get <coughs> on a boat out into the middle of nowhere where you can't hurt anyone. You know, and he's that's like a, a father and son thing. That's it. Look, I'm old. I'm getting old. And, but I'm not going to, even though you're super old, I'm not going to let you leave you alone. And I, we're going to get that boat and we're going to go into the ocean. You won't be able to hurt anybody. And it's a great end to these characters for the you know 17 year arc that we've seen them on through yes. all of these films. And you know that first film was very much about Xavier and, and Logan. That That's first true. Film, it was That's about true. the recruiting of Logan into the X Men. Right, and he doesn't want to be a part of it. Yeah. And even though he he's he's the he's this the, becomes the core of it, and he's in and out of the uh, uh, the X Men. You know. Yeah. He's he's. Uh, yeah, and then and then X, Xavier is all he has. Yeah. And they make reference to it. Xavier, you know, says, "I found you, you know, in a bar." In a beautiful, you. beautiful scene. Yeah. They sit down and have dinner with a family that that's taking them in. Yeah. And they say, "Oh, this." And the the young boy says, "I'm thinking about dropping out of school." And he says, "Watch out! This this guy used to run, run a school. school." Yeah. Yeah. And that Logan was, you know, got kicked out a few times. I mean. That's just epic. Yeah, no, it it, it it really was heartfelt. It, it it worked for knitting together kind of all the pieces over these years mm. and uh, providing a good good fitting end to it all. Yeah, I mean, I can't remember um, a great ending chapter to uh, a franchise. The closest thing I can think of, um, oddly enough, is the Rocky Balboa. Oh, yeah, I didn't see that. How was it? Well done. Extremely well done. No, but you're saying Rocky Balboa or Creed? Like... Rocky Balboa. Creed reboots. It's a new... And Creed is its own thing, and I liked it. But Rocky's but, in it, but, right? Yeah, he is. And he might be in the next one. But Rocky Balboa ended the you know the five Rockies before it mm-hmm. with style and with uh, a return to the first Rocky. You know, and him being poor and him being... Uh, you know, having sort of street wisdom... And uh, having a love interest and having a fight that he's got to do, 
but uh, being the underdog again. And it, just, it was a return to all the themes that may have gotten lost along the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think Logan was a return to some of the best, all the best stuff about X-Men and, and Logan and Wolverine. I mean, um, and so, uh, yeah, just, I guess, a credit to the, the screenwriter and the director. Just taking all these, with all the possible mythology they could have jammed into this, and they took, they made it a great uh, human story and, uh, and ended... Uh, so respectfully and beautifully, sort of the the Hugh Jackman era of Wolverine. And these these themes that we're talking about, we're talking about themes of, of violence, as we were talking about before, and kind of dealing with the violence that you you deal in your life, mm-hmm. and uh, themes of family and kind of and protecting your family and protecting your own. And I think um, those have have you know knit through the franchise in different ways because that's kind of what they've they've held on to. We were talking about the idea that, that uh, in the, the Wolverine, the, the previous Wolverine yeah. movie, um, I missed the idea of uh, the, this, this um, conflict between uh, Wolverine's bestial versus his honorable nature. I, I think that was very core to the source material of that movie, that they, um, they replaced. They kind of did a soul transplant of that movie, and, and yeah. the theme in that movie was more about uh, you know, immortality and, and life and living on and it, again it didn't ring as true to the source material whereas here I think they they they, they sought uh, these themes that, that rang a lot truer truer than Old Man Logan the graphic novel I think I'm, this had more of a heart than that because it was steeped in the story that we've been telling of yeah. these specific characters it wasn't all over the place the way that I mean can you name a, a movie adaptation of graphic novel material that was m- more successful than a, the, the, the material I mean you, you gotta think about maybe Batman Begins or uh, you know it's just, it's just not done yeah you yeah. know yeah yeah um but again, I think we're ge- we're getting to a phase in the world of, of superhero movies and comic book movies where filmmakers can really experiment and try out different right. things and tell different kinds of stories. Not just uh, bad guys from another planet yes. or origin stories, right? Yes. Yeah. And we were talking today about uh, the Thor Ragnarok trailer mm-hmm. dropped. And so fun, so interesting what they're doing with it. I don't know what drama do you think that's <laughs> going to be. I mean, that, that seems like it had more of the... Um, Guardians of the Galaxy yes. feel to me, you yes. know? But Guardians of the Galaxy was one of the first superhero movies that was able to wake people up to the idea that we can do a space movie that's really fun. And, and a full comedy. Movies. And yes, yeah, an action comedy. Like Okay, so yeah, you're right. That itself is a genre experiment. The, the, allowing comedy, a comedy, to be a superhero movie. Yeah, yeah. Come on, Thor's line about, like, I know him from work. Like, I know him from work. It's <laughs> amazing. It's amazing. And we wouldn't have seen that in the other Thor movies that were kind of playing it much straighter and much taking itself really seriously. And now they're just I mean, fun to be it. so cynical about it, the, the, the Marvel franchises are doing so well mm. that the, and they're so... Um, uh, uh, they're critic-proof, they're box office-guarantees... Like, Finally, they can take some chances. Yeah. 
Well, and, and Fox seems to be taking chances as well. Not the same chances no. necessarily, but they're taking different chances. They're growing that that hard R. I swear, every every other word was was was. A it swear. was so great to hear Professor X <laughs> saying shit and fuck. I know Wolverine. You know he swears, but Professor X in his old age, getting a little senile, oh like God. swearing at shit, was great. So salty. It was great. <laughs> it, was, it was really really good. You know you know the Patrick Stewart. He loved it. He had such a good such time. A, you could totally see it. Uh, you could totally see it. Um, but. You know that leaves where is Warner going? Where is Warner going with its franchises? And like, are they learning? Are they learning what's going to happen? Yeah. You know, we, we're seeing the trailers for Wonder Woman and uh, Justice League mm-hmm. on the the horizon. And what are they doing? Are they tri- they they seem to say that they're injecting life and and some more fun into their their films? But uh, we mentioned we were talking today about how when. Nolan did the Batman movies and he made them more naturalistic and he made them more uh, 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 dramatic than superhero like the Tim Burton mm-hmm. treatments um, it was extremely successful and so they said oh we should do this for Superman but the Nolan uh, dramatizing of this comic book of the Batman mythology was consistent with the theme and the story and and the and the material and the character. Superman was never meant to be brooding and dark. It doesn't go with his shtick. No. And so it hasn't worked very well uh, in the Zack Snyder incarnations. Um, and you know, much less all of these other different characters that all seem to feel like they have the same tone. Uh, in terms yeah. of Flash and Cyborg and and, yeah. and and Wonder Woman now, well, I to me it it seems like they're they're gonna do the, for Justice League. It seems like they're the closest thing in the Marvel universe. I think is maybe they're trying to do a Guardians of the Galaxy situation, or maybe an Avengers number one, uh, 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 Joss Whedon. I mean, of course they're trying to do Avengers Joss Whedon. Um, which is light, action-packed, and introduces a bunch of new franchises, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, which, again, I know we're, we're starting with Logan, but we're talking, kind of talking about this whole world and everything. Yeah. The news also came out this week that 2019 is going to be, I believe, the 80th anniversary of Batman. And so they're saying that 2019 will be Warner's year of Batman movies. So Batman will come out that year. Batgirl will come out that year. We didn't Nightwing. just sign on for Batgirl, yep. thank goodness. Yep. Nightwing will come out that year, and um, the the Gotham City Sirens, which is the the Harley Quinn uh, movie. Right, right. So it'll be interesting to see if they maintain that somber tone wow, throughout. It sounds all like they're going. They're they're doing an entire Batman slate. Right? Yeah. So like, it's not just Marvel. It's a Batman uh, franchise, uh, or it's not just Marvel versus DC uh, franchises. It's Sub franchises, yeah, yeah, because again, there's such a rich history of, of all course. of them. I mean, and, and Batman is something that is so deep yeah. and so well known yeah. and is a brand that could be expanded, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, you've got Gotham on, on television right Absolutely. now, right? Um, uh, so for Logan, maybe we should say, Do we have any critiques? Uh, we loved it, but any critiques? Um, I, 
I was a little tired of kind of just the, you know, more and more troops, more and more military troops. Yeah, um, pretty boring. We haven't said one word about the, the Wolverine clone, you know, X-24 at all. We haven't said. Is All I want to know, is that canon? Was that in there? There's a character, and again, this is from more latter day, and within the last maybe ten years, there is a character that they call Wolverine's son. His name is Daken, and he became like kind of a dark, evil Wolverine for a while. Okay. I mean, I don't know whether it had to do with cloning or anything like that, but cloning's a part of all this, so it's not outside of the realm of possibility that this kind of thing could happen. But Yeah, so uh, a, a Wolverine clone shows up, a young, strapping Wolverine with apparently no brain shows up uh, as in the second half, right, uh, yeah, and the bad guy's closing or whatever, and uh, to provide a whole shit ton of antagonism. Um and the introduction was great because Wolverine starts killing the family and he and he and and he Evil Wolverine. Well, yeah well it, you you can't tell oh right right I couldn't tell could you tell it wasn't Logan it, it I was well, I, I mean when they showed his face I could tell but they showed he, his face but it was like I thought maybe he had transformed into more of like the bestial self or he had taken the the drug. And, and, and it had possessed him. him because that's sort of what happened uh, uh, to the kids. To the kids. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, Wolverine is killing the family and he's killing Professor X. What's going on? I was, for the for the moment, for the reveal, I was, as a moviegoer, I was like, whoa, I, I, my jaw dropped. Um, and then when you, re- you realize what they're doing is, oh, he's a, uh, a clone of Wolverine. I'm like, okay, well... This feels like a budgetary choice. <laughs> this yeah. feels like, well, we can shoot, you know, instead of hiring another actor like a Sabretooth or somebody, some other. You kind of wanted one more superhero. Something. Well, and again, this is what we were talking about before also. The conclusion to the, the source material of Old Man Logan is him fighting the Hulk. Which yes. again is an homage to his origin, where he, he you know he his first appearance was fighting the Hulk. Mm. So that's where he ends, and he ends in this epic battle where the Hulk ends up eating him alive. Yeah, yeah. and he re- <coughs> excuse me, he regenerates and, and you know bursts out from inside of the Hulk. It's like this epic, crazy ending. It's like how do you compete with that? The the one thing I may have missed from Old Man Logan. Uh, the graphic novel to the Logan film is the the Hulk children and the Hulk presence. Offspring, yeah. But I have to say I think it was the right <coughs> bless you, the right choice for the movie because not that I wanted this clone Wolverine. I, I don't I thought it was kind of bland except for that one scary reveal. Um but this movie was not about lots of uh, computer graphics and lots of uh, mutants and lots of powers and things like that. Um, if they had brought Hulk in... Or something Hulk-like, yeah. It would have to be an old David Banner, you know? Yeah. And he would not be turned into Hulk until like one last moment. Like they would have to save it, you know, um, because the rest of this film was very metered. Like 
the amount of superhero yeah. they were using. Yeah. Um, well, I just saw um, 10 Cloverfield Lane. Oh, yeah. Which, again, spoilers. Yeah, had a really We did good, a podcast on it. Yeah. yeah, but it had such a great use of that kind of surprise, like, go crazy to a whole different level at the end and it was oh, yeah. so effective and it was it was great right so. if you save your you save um your uh cgi budget cgi <laughs> budget right and your special effect. so yeah um uh that wasn't in the, the script and none of the actors knew about that ending they added it on at the end and it, it took good effects yeah so. but um one of the things that i was thinking throughout this whole thing and again, it was also thinking about the Wolverine and the Wolverine source material, is the notion of these really thematic stories, character-driven stories. When the final confrontation comes, I find it, it it's really effective to have a one-on-one confrontation as opposed to... 30-on-30 30 30 30 or, or the Star Wars model where you got three plots in, in the right. third act. I was totally thinking that too because, I mean, think of how effective, you know, the, the, the Luke versus Vader one-on-one battle is, like, with yeah. that antagonist. Like, yeah. It's just, it's it's really effective. And, again, in the source material for The Wolverine, uh, Chris Claremont and Frank Miller's uh, Wolverine uh, limited series from 1982, it's that one-on-one battle that happens at the end after all the ninjas are dead. Between who and who? Between Wolverine and, and Shingen, uh, mm-hmm. you know, hit the the crime warlord. Which again, the Wolverine adapts in its own way and makes it into the Silver Samurai, this big crazy uh, armored being. But um, I, I just think again, we're talking about if there's any criticism, I would have liked to have seen more of that kind of a showdown at the end again especially drawing from the western tradition mm-hmm. i want to see though that that one-on-one showdown from somebody that he's got a reason to have some kind of and we didn't have a really great single antagonist exactly. in this you're right yeah who would be his thematic antagonist who would be wolverine's thematic antagonist uh i mean in one of the x-men movies uh he kills Jean Grey, right? Yeah. So that he already did that. Uh, Cyclops, maybe. Uh, yeah. Uh, who, who is his arch enemy? Again, I mean, Sabretooth has been brought out as someone like that. But again, right. a lot of times it's the scientists, it's the institutions who turned mm. into this killing machine. That and I think maybe that. that's a problem with the Wolverine mythology that he doesn't have like uh, a single. Well, or the one that they've weaved for us in the movies, at least he does not. Have, he's just the, and and that goes to the fact that they they were all sort of uh, similar narrative superhero movies. Yeah. Um, he never developed a one on one. They could have knit something like that into this. They could have. You know, when Pierce shows up at the beginning, he even says, "I'm not even after you. I'm after somebody else." Yeah. So it's just like that's not that's not. That's yeah. how you set up an antagonist. Somebody saying, "I'm not even after you. I'm not even interested in you." Mm-hmm. It's like, all right, and it had a with the with the whole. Uh, have you, <laughs> um, you ever seen Strange Days? Uh, no. With uh, Ray Fiennes. Um, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Virtual reality thing. Yeah. yeah, it's like a little bit cyberpunk. Yeah. Um, he's driving a limousine the whole time. That's his job, right. even though he used to be like this, like uh, this wheeler dealer. And I got that vibe in the beginning of Logan because he's driving a limousine, yeah. and 
it's almost like this is what you do when you've got nothing else to do. You drive Uber, you know, <laughs> and you can't make another living. Statement of life. Uh, yeah. But but I uh, but it's an homage, or it, it works because taxi driver, right? The metaphor of you know, Scorsese's taxi driver, the taxi being a you know a dest- uh, unknown destination. You never know what you're you know you you're you're floating through life in whatever way it takes you. So it's a good metaphor. Um, and, and, and again, you, maybe the answer to your question is Logan himself has always been his biggest enemy. Right? Uh, and his, yeah. again, his berserker, bestial nature against his, his Which honor. is who he ends up against. He ends up against himself. In a full berserker, beast Berserker, version. beast version of himself. And yet... Had they set it up, it might have worked better. If they could have set it up a little bit better. Because Logan himself is still kind of out of control. He beats okay. up the truck, and like okay. you don't see him as this honorable if, man. If they kept his claws in until this guy shows up, and then he's fighting himself, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, my only other criticism was uh, the Lara character spends three quarters of the movie silent, and... Uh, good filmmaking, you can reveal character through actions and choices, mm-hmm. and we learn a little bit about her, but not, not nearly enough. She doesn't become a character until she starts talking. And they do a great job in the last quarter of the movie of yeah. her, of us getting a personality for her. True. Um, and I know they didn't want to turn it into kick ass, yeah. right? But it sort of is. Yeah. You know, because X-23 is mopping it up for most of the movie, killing people left and right. Yeah. Um, and, and you're thinking, this girl must be a psycho. If she doesn't speak, we don't find out anything about her, how she's processing the fact that she murders constantly. Yeah. And she's a violent weapon. And who taught her all these martial arts to use with her claws, right? Yeah. Um, that I would have liked more of uh, because they 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 spent a lot of time developing Logan and X's and Professor X's relationship in the first half of the movie before Professor X is killed. And a third, her presence is there because Professor X is supposedly telepathically speaking with her, which works out very well later because when she does start talking. She says, Charles told me about yeah. you, and the, that's really cool. Yeah, that, that there was communing going on. Mm-hmm. She's also the survivor, so she's the one who's got to learn something. And, you know, again, they use Shane as the, you know, the, the homage to, like, dramatize what she's learned, right? Yes, and I think the monologue that she spits back is that you can't change your nature. Um... And especially when it involves violence and right, and so that and that is Logan's um, Wolverine's uh, inner struggle, right? That is his uh, his antagonist, as you said. That was well put. That he is his own enemy because he's a moral character. He's a moral per- uh, being who is also a murderous animal, right? And that, um, and I don't know that she learned any that lesson. I think she sort of said, 
the Shane monologue is sort of saying, I am what I am. He, his message to her is, don't be what they made you to be. Right. And she says, the Shane monologue says, well, I gotta be what I am. So maybe she's gonna go start like an X Men army and kick some ass. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. New, new X Men, right? Yeah. But it's good things to think about, which is good. Definitely. So that an X Men movie actually offers us some good things to think about. It's pretty good. Absolutely. <laughs> and, and emotions. Yeah. I was moved by that ending. Yeah. That mo- that with the turning the cross into the X. Yeah. Calling him daddy. Beautiful. Holding yeah. hands. Yeah. Because the, the filmmakers took time to earn the emotional uh, uh, points. I, you know, I did not see True Grit. Mm-hmm. Were there? Were there? Do you see some parallels there? Um. So we could have used a lot more of that. The in that the little girl is the one who has her act together and the gunslinger is a drunk and can't get his ass out of bed. And she's so, out for revenge. Right? Yeah, and she so there's a lot more of like get out of bed and we had a little of X23 doing that like towards the end like yeah, I, yeah. that moment where she's like let me drive, yeah. you know? That was great when yeah. she takes over the car yeah. and then takes him to the doctor. That's great stuff. Yeah. Great stuff. Yeah. Um so yeah, a little bit of true grit yeah. in there. This would have been an interesting TV series. Mm, maybe I, I'm just saying you know, in, in today's world of TV and television writing which used to be say kind of these extended stories you could have had them on this road trip for a long time for sure um, but then you would start to get into more like you're going to need to meet a new aging mutant every every <laughs> week right um, yeah good great emotional payoffs in this which is why it's killing at the box office by the way in case you want to know why this movie that had fewer mutants, fewer superpowers, and fewer special effects than any of the previous is crushing it at the box office, it's because of emotional connection. Because audience care about connecting with characters. Emotional okay? And that's the first thing that Hollywood uh, uh, likes to throw out. Right? When they're like, oh, we've got to edit this down. Yeah. It's, again... Core of emotional storytelling, and this is what it can get you. Right, right now, as of March nineteenth, it's one hundred eighty-four million U.S., five hundred twenty-four million worldwide. Stop it. <laughs> that is that. That is an out of the. I don't even. And and you know, this did not cost as much as Avengers or, or Ant Man or Ant Man, which was thank that, you. which was their half a billion dollar. <laughs> yeah. So. All right. Story. You yeah. know, moves pages, moves product. Moves people. Moves people. <laughs> Alec, thank you very much. Thank you, David. Great time. This is the script. We'll see you next time.